Thanks for joining me through the tunnel. Today, we're gonna to go up the turnpike to the Garden State, New Jersey, where they grow some really good basketball players. And my panelists today are gonna to break down why the state of New Jersey consistently produces great players of all levels. My guests today include Taj Holden, the head coach at the Rainey School, which is out on the Jersey Shore. Taj himself was a great player at the University of Maryland, as well as a college coach. Um, Taj coached kids such as uh, Scotty Lewis, who is at the University of Florida, Brian Antoine at Villanova, uh, Matt Bloom, also a former college coach, now at Rutgers Prep, a great program which is uh, putting out elite players, uh, Jimmy Salmon, uh, a legend, not just in New Jersey, but nationally, the head coach of Patterson Catholic and the uh, founder and director of the New Jersey Players, who's had multiple NBA players, uh, countless players are going to college and he does an unbelievable job of representing the, the state of New Jersey and basketball in New Jersey and then lastly Jay Gomes owner of uh, njhoops.com a scouting service that is focused on specifically New Jersey and he will talk to us on why he focuses just on New Jersey there's enough players to go around so he can do it um want to become a, a great player that we maybe talk about on this podcast someday you need to make sure you have a dr dish thank you to our sponsor dr dish who's making players better all around the country every single day follow dr dish on twitter at dr dish bball you're going to be able to see on that platform all different types of ways to utilize the machine drills tips inspiration that will help your players get better if you have an old shooting machine, trade it in. Doesn't matter the, the brand, they will give you credit for it. Mention this ad from Rising Coaches and you'll get another $300 off. Uh, we hope that you get a Dr. Dish for your players soon. We hope you join us through the tunnel and enjoy this talk with the folks up in New Jersey. Here we go. All right, we're now through the tunnel with my esteemed panel from the Dirty Jers, New Jersey. A uh, lot of hoops have been played in Jersey. A lot of great basketball players have come out of this state. Great programs. Uh, let's get right into it. Matt, I'm going to start with you. Then we'll go Taj and Jimmy and then Jay. There's different parts of the state. That's the way we always hear about it. Um, tell us a little bit about the different parts of New Jersey. Absolutely. Well, I'll, I'll definitely start where Rutgers Prep is located. We could not be more central Jersey. So we are right smack in the middle. Exit nine on the turnpike where Rutgers University is. We are in central Jersey. Now, we play in the non-public south. A lot of people might say we don't belong in the south, but we play in the south. But we could not be more central. And I'm, I'm a North Jersey guy, born and raised. I grew up in Teaneck, New Jersey. So... I grew up thinking there is no such thing as Central Jersey. So a couple of years down the road, now, now I'm living in Central Jersey. Uh, everything about my life is Central Jersey, and it certainly exists, and we're trying to make the most of it and, and let it be known that it exists. But I personally think there's North Jersey, South Jersey, Central Jersey, and the shore. Those are the four parts of Jersey. Okay. And uh, Taj, you guys, a little bit more towards the shore, would you say? Uh, my yeah, I mean, by, great. Tell me about your part of the town. Yeah, per Matt's definition, we would certainly be the shore. Um, but 
as I grew up right in this area, I would consider ourselves Central Jersey. And this is kind of the common theme in New Jersey, is that there's no definitive uh, cutoff point for North Jersey or South Jersey or Central Jersey. I mean, they're like Matt said, people in North Jersey don't even believe Central Jersey exists. Um, and there are some people from South Jersey who don't believe that Central Jersey exists. But those of us who grew right up in the middle, literally 195 cuts the state in half. Um, and we're right at the end of 195. So, you know, I would consider ourselves Central Jersey or the shore portion of it um, at, at bare minimum. And, uh, you know, I know Jimmy's going to have something different to say. And Jay, who's the ultimate authority on New Jersey, will probably correct us all. Jimmy, talk to us about about Jersey, man. Give me some, some geographical background from from you, the legend of Jersey hoops. Wow. <laughs> wow. Um, you know, I'm definitely a North Jersey guy. Um, you know, growing up, um, North Jersey to me meant Bergen, Passaic, Essex, Hudson, and Union County. That's probably how I've reared, uh, been reared and always thought that that's what North Jersey meant. Um, and I, and I, I stand by that. Um, you know, I, like, I'm pretty sure these other guys think we, I think we got the, uh, a tougher brand of basketball up here, up here, because especially where I'm at, we're 10 minutes from the George Washington bridge. We're right by New York city. So, um, you know, we get, we, we get, we get a lot of different, um, vibes coming through the, the five counties that I mentioned. And, um, you know, I think a lot of the better players in our state over the years have definitely come from, from those five counties. Okay, I want to hold that thought. We're going to come back to that because I think that's really interesting, uh, the types of players that we can find across the state. Uh, Jay, fill in the gaps of what what we haven't talked about, South Jersey and anywhere else uh, where there might be some some ballers hiding. Well, it's funny. I'm Central Jersey, conveniently located, and I always joke, you can never do Texas hoops. How could you travel 12 hours to see parts of the state? Jersey, Central Jersey, two hours. I'm on the north corner, the southern corner, and anywhere in between. So it works out real well for me. Uh, The North Jersey, South Jersey is the way I always looked at it in the past. But Matt's geographical breakdown was pretty good, actually, because the shore is kind of a different animal, too, a little bit. So I like that. Uh, But to Jimmy's point, I think most people have believed that North Jersey is tough for kids, better players. Uh, you know, in South Jersey's kind of more suburban and, uh, you know, the Philly suburbs might be a little different. A couple of cities like a Camden might be a little different, but for the most part, South Jersey's regarded, you know, not as strong as North Jersey. Okay. So let's, let's now go back in reverse order. I'm going to start with you, Jay, then Jimmy, Taj and Matt. Let's break down the players uh, like you just did in in North Jersey, South Jersey, give me a little bit more detail on what I'm going to find if I'm coming in to recruit a kid that uh, is a a South Jersey kid, a Shore kid. Um, what are their their skill sets going to really uh, kind of highlight when I when I bring them to my program? Well, the North Jersey kids are tougher, uh, more physical, play a little harder, more consistently. Uh, I think also if you look at, you know, uh, traditionally the top programs in New Jersey, but, you know, it's been the Patrick School, uh, you know, St. Benedict's, uh, you got Bergen, you got a bunch of teams uh, like that, St. Anthony's for all those years. Uh, you know, that's where the strength of the of the state was. 
it's spread out a little bit more now without Sadia Titties being the power. But, you know, they're tougher kids. They're, they're used to the competitive nature of the game. Uh, South Jersey kids just don't have that as much. Uh, you know, they're more suburban type kids, more shooters. Uh, you know, that's, I think, the major difference between the, you know, the two areas geographically. Now, now, Jimmy, you mentioned you, you've spent a lot of time up in North Jersey, and, and that's uh, kind of where, where you've uh, had a lot of guys come from your program. But you're, you're synonymous with the entire state, uh, really the entire region, right? So um, echo a little bit of, on what Jay said about North Jersey ballers, what makes them tougher, and, and how you've also been able to, to bring some notoriety to some of the other kids uh, throughout the state. Well, um I agree that with, with Jay when he says that typically speaking that you would generally think that the the North Jersey kid was a tougher kid. Um, from my high school experience, I definitely would agree with that. And through an AAU experience, though, when you get the better players, it, I, I don't think that it matters, to be honest with you. Um, like, you're not going to tell me that Scotty Lewis ain't a tough kid. That just ain't something that somebody's gonna listen to or believe. I mean, he's a, you know he's one of the tougher players that has come through the state in the past you know few years. He, Trey Patterson, same thing. Um, he's elite, and it didn't make a difference whether he was North Jersey, Central Jersey, or South Jersey. I mean, those guys, uh, those guys are the cream of the crop. I and mean, when you're at that point, those guys check all the boxes. And I think every year Jersey's gonna put out guys that are going to check all the boxes. Now, when you go into the next level of player, I think that's where we uh, we're more like a mid-major league in that sense. Whereas we've got more guys who are on that next level. And because of that, those teams can be very tough teams. His, you know, traditionally speaking, they can have a great run. You can have a great run for five or six years and not even have a guy that goes to a major conference. You know, you might just have a bunch of mid-major kids on your team. Um, I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Absolutely. Absolutely. That our depth in North Jersey is, 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 is greater. But um, when you're dealing with those top guys, man, they, they, they check all the boxes. So I want to I want to spend a little bit of time talking on on this subject. We're going to we're going to Taj, I'm going to ask you this and then Matt and then uh, Jay and Jimmy, give me your thoughts. I, the, when I look at New Jersey, I think it's a very well developed basketball uh, state and basketball culture. Meaning kids are finding ways to hoop uh, in an in a organized and competitive manner. Uh, from the time that they're young, and that creates a more complete ball player, um, and thus maybe lending to what Jimmy uh, just alluded to, that uh, you know you got a lot of really great, like the elite of the elite, they're 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 that type of player because they have God-given uh, athleticism uh, and ability, and somebody cultivated it. But then that next tier, uh, a lot of great athletes could fall into that tier, but they maybe don't in other areas because of the basketball opportunities that New Jersey provides. Would, would you agree with that, Taj? I mean, as an outsider, like that's what, when we look at Jersey, there's always an AAU tournament. There's always uh, stuff going on. That's at least my perception. Give me your perception as a, as an insider. Yeah, I think um, New Jersey may be a little more unique than other States with that regard in terms of diversity uh, you know, socioeconomic diversity, basketball diversity, 
within singular communities, right? Like I can point to numerous towns here where I'm from. You can take a look at Asbury Park, right? Part of Asbury Park has uh, a tougher socioeconomic situation than another part of Asbury Park. You know, so you're going to get two different types of kids out of that one schooling situation. You know, and I think um, with the advent of food group way back in the day, even when I was a youngster, that gave kids the opportunity to just get in the gym that didn't exist before. Right. So you're going to have those kids, you know, not necessarily saying this is the thing in North Jersey, but they grew up playing on the playground, playing 21, beating the crap out of each other. Whereas some of these short guys have been in the gym working on their skills since they were in the third grade. So you get kind of a combination of kids. And this is all throughout New Jersey, but certainly typical of the shore where you're going to have a mix of that kid that's groomed and grew up in the gym and doing everything technically right versus a kid that might just be coming in, coming in and is athletically gifted and raw because he hasn't had those opportunities. Um, so especially for me, that's what my, that's what my teams have been comprised of for my five years in rainy. You've had some kids that have had that opportunity to develop and some kids that didn't. So I was trying to find a way to make all those mesh. And then, um, which is why I think a lot of coaches come to New Jersey to recruit because you can find whatever it is that you're looking for here. You know, I've been to a couple other places around the country. I've worked when I was working with Under Armour, uh, you know, you go to Atlanta, you go to Dallas and you just see an unbelievable amount of gifted athletes that are just trying to figure out how to play basketball. Whereas, you know, I grew up in a situation where we understood how to play basketball first and those physical gifts came later. So you get kind of a different type of, of player. Then you can find that on every team. You can find it on every AU team. You know, back in the day, I played with Dante Jones and on occasion with Jay Williams. We're all three different players, but we all played at the highest level. Um, and just our upbringings were so different from each other, yet we could all compete on the highest level. So you're going to be able to find what you need in New Jersey. And I think, you know, I'm obviously biased growing up here, but I think we have some of the better bas- brand of basketball in, in, the, in the country. Matt, that was a. Uh, I mean, it's hard to follow up that very thorough answer. Uh, what, anything to to add to that? Yeah, I just think New Jersey is a very densely populated state, and as Jay said, it's two and a half, three hours, top to bottom, and there's a lot of talent within that small area. And wherever you go, there there's kids that are working, and it's competitive. Where there's talent, there's going to be competition. And I mean, growing up in Teaneck with the, the Teaneck Biddy League, I mean, that's a, it's a town with a public school that's been good for years. And, and there's always been talent that starts playing when they're six, seven years old. And if they stick together, they win. And that's kind of there's talent everywhere. And New Jersey's kind of known for the, the drama that comes along with that. And that kind of kids move around a lot and jump around. But there's always been talent. And that's kind of where the starting point, I think. Okay, so let's let's elaborate on that point. Uh, you know, when there's movement, there's there's obviously desire, uh, maybe for a better situation, uh, for whatever the the case may be. Let's talk about family units within Jersey, because again, Taj alluded to it. Um, Jimmy, I'll, I'll toss this question to you. Uh, you've obviously had a lot of experience with with helping guide families within their recruitments. Um, Talk a little bit about what a, a typical New Jersey family may be looking for uh, for their their child. Um, as our main audience is college coaches listening, what do they need to know when they come into Jersey about these families that they're uh, about to recruit? 
Um, it, it, man, that thing that that changes so much. Even on my high school team right now, I got five seniors. This is the worst year to have five seniors uh, with all of the rule changes and submissions of of, of 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 guys not being able to, you know, maybe not even be able to go to college next year. Um, but I think when you're going to get a Jersey kid, you're going to get a guy who's been through the grind, um, who's going to work his tail off, and uh, you know he's going to give you everything he's got. I mean, I think that's the typical Jersey, Jersey type of player. Um, but Jersey's no different than the rest of the world now, as Matt alluded to. He said that you know there's a lot of player movement, um, like this this coming year. In college basketball, after whatever this year winds up being, them not counting this year as part of their uh, college clock, that that rule has just upset the class of 2021 in, 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 in so many different ways. I mean, Matt's lucky his best two guys committed. Um, and, you know, we're as a high school coach now, we're just trying to, you know, get looks for our guys. Um, and, and I'm, I'm nervous. I've got to be honest with you. I'm, I'm very, very nervous about the outlook of what, cause it doesn't matter how, if these guys are good enough anymore, that's not, that's not going to be the deal. I've got three guards on my team that are college ready next year, but if they can, but if a college can go get a junior college kid, who's now 20, as opposed to 18, who's played against men already and that guy can give them three years as opposed to the four years that my 18-year-old high school kid can give them. That puts my three kids at a deficit right now. And uh, that that's problematic. I've got a lot of friends in college basketball. I've been talking to them. And, you know, they, they're giving us the wait-and-see approach. And that's something that's, you know, with COVID, that, that's really something that's that, – that, that screws this class and I feel for them uh, desperately. I really do. I, I wholeheartedly agree. Part of the reason and the mission of this podcast is to create um, some new recruiting opportunities for uh, kids all over the country. Uh, coaches that are listening, maybe on the West coast or in the South that maybe haven't in the past recruited New Jersey. Um, maybe this sparks an interest and a desire for them to explore I would also say to anybody listening, uh, as we tweet this and post this, feel free to tell your kids to drop their highlight tape uh, on the thread of our tweet here because college coaches are watching, are listening. Uh, we've got over a thousand uh, views already on 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 our couple of shows. We haven't even done ten shows, so they're listening, and uh, it's nothing for them to scroll down and check some more stuff out. I want to I want to ask you, Jay, um, and then I'll, I'll I'll take it to the rest of you guys. Obviously, you. You're, we see it behind you for those watching um, and for those listening. Uh, Jay, Jay Gomes runs NJ Hoops. Um, you've got a service that focuses specifically on New Jersey. Um, talk to us a little bit about your decision to focus specifically on New Jersey and, and how uh, right now with the, the changing of the rules, and for those that don't know, the rules have been changing New Jersey, delaying high school basketball until I believe January. It's going to really throw some 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 kids off. Um, how how what? Let's recap the question here, Jay. 
why'd you pick just Jersey? And then uh, how can we help kids uh, that are still out there uh, waiting to be seen? Uh, I focused on New Jersey to start with because it seemed like the further you went geographically, the less of a handle you had on the kids. Uh, the bigger area you're seeing, you're seeing the kids less often, you're seeing uh, less kids in that geographical area. Just concentrating on New Jersey, I could see, you know, the good players, you know, 20, 30 times during their high school and AAU careers. Uh, I could see, you know, all the Division three kids as well. So it just made it easier to get a, a better handle on all the kids. Um, you know, it's a, it is different times this year, and it's hard for the kids. And I do feel, for, like Jimmy said, I feel sorry for the kids in this class and their families. Um, you know, fortunately, we did get a little bit of a, a late summer, fall. I mean, some high school activities were up and running. Uh, I mean, you know, I did get to see 80 some high school teams in a few months. You know, not as many as I'd seen a regular year, but I got a pretty good handle on, you know, a lot of the kids. I didn't get a handle on the young kids as I usually would this time of year. But, uh, you know, and as far as there's still going to be opportunities, I think video is very important for these kids now. And, and the high school coaches on the panel know that and they, they send that out and they use that. Um, you know, and, and like you said, you know, you put some contact information, I'm sure, you know, I'll help any coaches want information on kids. Um, I know these guys will also, you know, put the contact information, you know, I'll put the broadcast and that'll help as well. Now I'm going to, I'm going to toss a little story out. Um, and, and this is one of your guys, uh, Jimmy, he was a late signee at, at hoop group camp. I remember him walking in to the gym. He wasn't even supposed to be at the camp. He was just riding with somebody, um, get signed up late to the camp. They, they let him in a uh, very athletic young man from technology high school. I remember watching him like, damn, this dude's pretty good. And he's a senior at the time, I believe goes to Moorhead state and is still playing in the league. Kenny Faree, right? Like this, 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 this is a story of a young man that was available late and um, is still having tremendous success. Uh, how often is that the case where there is a kid or kid um, available late that is not just a an impact player, but could be a, a transcending type player for a program? Um, J- Jimmy, I'll start with you, then Taj and Matt. Let's talk a little bit about some of those those guys that are under the radar uh, that could still be impact guys for, for, kid, for colleges in 2021? Well, um, that was about 10 years ago. It's really tough to uh, be under the radar now. As, as uh, someone had said earlier, there's an AAU tournament every week in New Jersey now. Uh, back then, um, we were, it, it still wasn't every weekend. might have been every other weekend at that point. But Ken, um, I met him when he was a junior in high school, and you know he 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 was relentless. I met him because he was friends with uh, Gio Fontan, Trayvon Woodall, and Mike Rosario. They played at St. Anthony, and he was he was young, and um, they knew him. He was he was a young senior, so we did play him a lot that year, and he wound up getting a scholarship to go to Moorhead. <clears throat> if he um if that would have happened today probably he reclassifies goes to prep school and then um you know he probably would have went to a power five conference at that point because you know he he was so relentless as a player 
I mean, his attitude is trying to get a rebound or, or doing whatever on the court. It just the win was – it was just who he was, and it's, and it's who he still is. Taj, Matt, if I'm looking for an under-the-radar guy, and maybe I'm a lower-level coach. I'm a D2, a D3, a JUCO at prep school, like Jimmy mentioned. Um, are they out there? I mean, I would certainly say they're out there, uh, especially near me. You know, the Shore Conference in the Shore area kind of gets a, a bad rap around the state at times. But there are certainly kids that are talented enough to play the D2s, the D3s, NAIAs. And you might find a kid that will fall through the cracks that's a Division One level player. But um, somebody mentioned movement. There's a lot of movement now in New Jersey. And, there, you know, kids are going to get found. It's a little different. You got the Jay Gomes of the world out there. You know, Jimmy's always got a, th a thousand and one relationships with college guys so he can get his guys looks, you know, and with the advent of technology, you're going to be able to do you're going to see a lot more um, teams and players get seen. For example, we got a new camera system in our gym. We're going to record all practices and all games and send those out to coaches this year because that's the only thing we have because they're not going to be allowed in the gym. Um, so nowadays, you're not you're probably not going to find the Ken Farid's of the world. Um, but every now and again, just like everything else, somebody slips through the crack or somebody gets evaluated on one of their worst days and, you know, they fall through the crack. So you're going to find some of those kids around the state. Um, and the good thing about those kids is they haven't seen anything that they're not going to see at the next level. Right. Because uh, you're going to have teams that are really good. You're going to have teams that are really bad and they're going to play each other every week. Um, you know, we had some take our school, for example, you know, some of our division opponents historically haven't been the toughest. Um, so we have but we still have to play those games. But then we go out and schedule the Rutgers preps and the Montclair Immaculates of the world so that we can have those experiences. Um, and then it benefits us greatly come tournament time. So um, in Jersey, Jersey's big, but it's small. Everybody knows everybody and everybody knows everything. Now, I guarantee you, Jimmy's heard stories of stuff that's going on in the shore yesterday. You know, that he didn't even know was happening, but he knows. Right. And I hear stories about what's going on in North Jersey and South Jersey. And I don't even know those guys, but I know. Right. So Jersey, for as big as it is, it certainly feels small when it comes to the basketball world. So, um, you know, I've, I know in, in the past I've reached out to college coaches about a kid who I've seen on another team, you know, and I think we do a good job of, of uh, as coaches of putting on kids that aren't even in our program because we just respect how they play and, and the coaches they play for. Yeah, it's, it's really important. Uh, I'm, I'm going to ask you this, Matt. Let, let's start to break down public school ball, private school ball. Um, we talk a little bit about prep school balls. I know that's kind of become a thing in Jersey. Uh, talk a little bit about what private school ball, how is it like constructed? Um, you mentioned uh, non-public, I think was the word you used early on. That's I hadn't heard that term before. Maybe I hope I got that right. Talk, talk about the private school ball and how is it structured in Jersey? So like anything in Jersey, it's definitely complicated. And we are by name Rutgers Prep. So people think that we are a prep school. We are not. We are an independent high school that plays the non-public B, the same as Ranny and Trenton Catholic and so on and so forth. But And believe me, I get all these emails, kids trying to reclass if you are a state member in the NJSIAA, which is our state association, you cannot reclass in high school. So we play by the same rules as the public schools because we are affiliated with the state association. 
Same with Jimmy, same with Taj. And we are four-year high school, regular high schools. Um, that being said, the Blairs of the world, St. Benedict's, Huns, there's a lot of talent there as well. And, I mean, we'll like, – like Jimmy, like Taj, we'll play anybody, anytime, anywhere. And we're all about competition and getting the guys better. But there, there is a significant breakdown that most of the country doesn't even understand. So, yeah, that, that's a good starting point. I, I mean, in terms of the public schools, there, every year there's always a public school or two that can compete with the best of the best, whether it's Camden, Elizabeth, Teaneck going back a couple of years. Uh, again, there, there's talent everywhere. And that's back to your last question. Something just popped in my head. It's, it's very possible for kids to grow and to get better. And that's not going to change. And especially with this pandemic, kids, some kids have not done anything for eight months. And like 20 years ago, now kids will have a chance to show that they've passed other kids. So, I mean, the, the elite kids are the elite kids, whether the top three, top four in the state, that might not change. But guys 50 through 80 in Jay's rankings, they might jump some people and they might have grown. There might be a Hassan Whiteside. There might be Oshun Oshuni, who's at St. Bonaventure right now, who's under the radar. I mean, they're out there. They are out there. And I know I jumped around a little bit, but hopefully that's helpful. I, I think that's helpful. Jimmy, talk to us a little bit about some some public school ball. Matt obviously mentioned that, you know, teams may become in some cycles. Uh, what, what should we expect from, from the public school scene uh, throughout the state? Um. Well, this year I was lucky enough to run an outdoor fall league, and we had uh, over thirty-five teams. Let's put it that way. Okay. And most of them were public, and I was I was actually excited. Um, Union High School had a uh, it, it has a really really nice team. I don't get the chance to see them that much. Um, they, they were really good. Patterson Kennedy, uh, is a perennial team. Um, and they looked really, really good. East Patterson East is on its, on its way up coming. Um, uh, there's a team West Morris high school that, um, played in our league on Saturdays. They were really, really tough. They've got kiddo who's already committed to fair and, um, another really good athlete on that team. So the, the public schools that, that I've seen this year, they, they, you know, they're going to be okay. They're, they, they're just not the regular, uh, uh, I would say public school. A lot of people think that you got to go to private schools in order to make it or, or, or do it. And maybe I'm shooting myself in the foot right here. Cause I'm a private school coach, but um, now with all of these showcases and different things, you can get an equal playing field, you know, if you go to the right public or the right private. Jay, talk to us uh, a little bit about any, anything we might have left out. There's prep school teams in Jersey. Um, there's the, the, the programs that Matt mentioned that maybe have some boarding uh, factors. The Blair Academies, which is a, a perennial power every single year. Uh, let's talk about those type of programs uh, that we, we maybe missed. Well, in the high school, the NJSAA runs the high school association. There's 400 some high schools 
There's the non-public, which used to be called parochial, your Catholic schools for the most part. Then there's your public schools. And we also have a St. Benedict's, which is by itself, a life center, which is by itself. And you have the prep schools that have been around forever, like Blair, Hun, Petty, Lawrenceville, uh, which have allowed only two postgrads per team. So it's mostly high school kids. Uh, then you have, you know, the new thing in the last 10 years, the postgrad academies, uh, the postgrad programs, which the number changes every year, but I guess there's three or four every year. Olympus, Covenant, uh, Prestige, uh, Pioneer now, I guess, has one. Um, so there's, a, you know, there's all sorts of considering with, with recruitable athletes for college coaches to, to want to see and to recruit. Um, you know, so there's different avenues for kids and there's different levels of talent and competition. I mean, for the most part in the last 25 years, the Catholic schools, the non-publics are, you know, stronger. But like Jimmy said, there are some good high school kids, there are some good high school teams, there are some good high school coaches. Uh, so, you know, there's players everywhere. Um, you know, you got Camden, which is a public school. you got Elizabeth, it's Phil Calicchio's taken over. You have North Eastside, which has been a power for the last 10, 12 years. So there's, you know, there's players everywhere. Absolutely. Now tell me, uh, what is what is the TLC? Who who can tell me what that is? The Tournament of Champions. Can you guys just get us on that? I mean, I could talk about it probably because we're we might be the last Tournament of Champions champions. Um, no, it's basically every state champion from every of uh, each of the six groups or play their own little tournament at the end of the season to see who's the overall best team in New Jersey. And, uh, you know, we won it two years ago. Matt was on his way or Jimmy was on their way to winning it last year. Um, but it, it's really been a tournament. I guess it was Jay could probably speak to this, its foundation and Jimmy can speak to it a little bit more um, in the what, late 80s, early 90s came about. And, um, you know, it's been the, the most prestigious kind of award for a team in New Jersey going back that far, you know, and. Luckily for us, we were the first short conference team to win it. We obviously had some extraordinary talent on our team. Um, but it was nice to be have an opportunity to be mentioned with, you know, the St. Anthony's of the world, the Patrick schools of the world, um, and to kind of put our little stamp on that from the short conference. Okay, so that's, yeah, that's how – the... Go ahead, Jay, go ahead. I, I think it's one of the best things our state has done where it, it's let the – the state champions play again for an overall state championship. And, you know, very few states from what I know actually have that. So I, I think it's great that the state of New Jersey has that. And I agree. Uh, and so the the converse of that, obviously that's the end of the, the season. You guys have a great culmination of the season. Uh, but there's also a, a controversial – maybe it's controversial, maybe it's not. I don't know. You guys tell me you guys are in the state. Uh, but you guys get a late start. In, in New Jersey, how does that affect your teams and how does that affect recruitment? Um, just so that everyone's aware, because some coaches may see you guys at a early December event in the future and um, they may need to log this in their memory banks of kind of when you guys really get to get going. Uh, Matt, Jimmy, I'll let you guys start and, and then Taj, you can take it too. I mean, this year is a little bit different, I think, just because we have a pretty national crisis and every state's kind of doing their own thing. But traditionally, it's it's definitely not ideal. It, it 
you, you, you play in a national event and you might play against a team that has 10 games under their belt, uh, a month or so of practice, and you're coming in your first week of the season. And it's, it, I mean, on the one hand, you, you might be healthy, fresh, and ready to go. But on the other hand, I mean, you're, you're not going to be as cohesive as some of these other teams. And you have to beat that team. So, I mean, it's, it's not ideal, but I think the pros of the TOC and everything else Jersey has to offer make up for that con. Jimmy, any thoughts on that? Um, uh, you know, I wish we started earlier. Um, I know uh, Keith Stevens runs an event the first weekend of December every year, normally when it's a not, not a pandemic going on. And then I go as a fan uh, just to see what's going on. We uh, normally, we don't start until Thanksgiving week. We, we, we begin to pick up a basketball those first three, that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday prior to Thanksgiving. And then uh, you have to take the Thanksgiving weekend off and then you could resume the following Monday. Um, when I was in high school in the 80s, the day after Thanksgiving was the start of, uh, of high school basketball. And once Thanksgiving, that day after Thanksgiving came, you could, you could go. You know, you, were, you would go every day if you wanted to. And even that's late. If you look in Texas and Atlanta, those guys are already playing games, um, you know, in, in November. Um, I think they probably play less games per week. But, um, I, you know, I agree with Matt. Like, I've, I had to go to City of Palms two years ago, and my first game was against Paul the Six, who was 10-0 at the time, and that was my opening night game. We wound up losing by three or four, I believe it was. And I'm not saying if we had played five more games, we, we would have won. But I just think, you know, we didn't get a chance to iron out any of, you know, any glitches. And it does put us in, in you know, in an unattractive position. But at the same time, City of Palms is going to invite Matt or Taj or my team or Gil or so. We've got teams on an annual basis that are going to get invited to these things. And they, these people know that we're starting late. And yet they do know that because they're getting the, the best of Jersey, that the teams are going to go there. They're going to represent and they're, you know, they're going to, they're going to play hard. And we're, we're worth those kinds of tournaments, whether it be hall of fame or, or city of palms or, or any of these things. There's very rarely will you not see a New Jersey team in a national tournament. Yeah, I agree. Taj, you can uh, to chime in, but you know, Jer Jersey's just always got great teams, and and regardless of when your start date is, eyeballs need to be on these great teams. Um, share your perspective, though, Taj. Yeah, I mean, it's similar to Jimmy's. We were at that tournament the year before they were down there at the City of Palms, and you know, like he said, the team that the first team we played had nine games under their belt. We had two, you know, against local. The uh, talent, which was from a smaller school, you know, not a national level team. Um, the year prior to that, I started with a team from Maryland. They were 8-0, you know, coming into our gym. Um, and we just had the battle. And that's one of the things from a team from Jersey you're always going to get. We're always going to battle, which is why we get invited to these tournaments. You know, if we were out there laying duds, they nobody would have a New Jersey team back. But even with the late start, I think because we have so much talent and we have so much depth on a lot of our teams, we keep getting invited back. 
Um, but it also, I think from a PR perspective, uh, Jersey gets a bad rep because when we go to these national tournaments early, we're not, we're not as prepared as some of these other teams. We don't look as good uh, or as well-oiled of a machine, but we do have good basketball and we will always show out and play hard. Um, so from that standpoint, for me, at least it's frustrating to have that rap as, as a Jersey basketball coach. I know that we have good talent. I always want to see Jimmy or, or Matt go to a tournament and succeed unless they're playing us. You know, Jimmy is the last one on this, this, uh, podcast to beat me. So that, that's kind of sticking in my butt a little bit. And that's the one thing about us Jersey guys, we don't forget, you know, I know Matt was really looking forward to playing this last year. You know, but um, he didn't have that opportunity. Obviously, things got shut down and uh, and whatnot. But, you know, we always look forward to playing the Jimmies and the Mats of the world, and I'm sure they look forward to playing us. And we look forward to going out on the national scene and representing New Jersey. And that's the one thing I think we all take pride in whenever we go to these tournaments. So while we are at a little bit of a disadvantage, we never make that the excuse for whether we win or lose. Yeah, and I think college coaches need to understand when you see them at one of the see New Jersey teams at one of these national events early in the recruiting cycle, December, et cetera, you owe it to yourself to check back on these kids um, in January and in February and see how they're performing uh, with their teams at that time. We're seeing it right now in college basketball where there's a variance of start dates because there's some teams – uh, you know, shut down due to the pandemic, and then they come back out there, and then all of a sudden, oh, you're, you're not playing as good. So they, we, we are now all getting an education on how that might look, and, and therefore we need to factor that into our evals um, around the entire state. Uh, speaking of evaluating the entire state, uh, Jay, if I'm starting to recruit New Jersey, I've never recruited this state. Where would you suggest I start and how would you suggest I start? Um, and, and irregardless of the level, or maybe we could even break it down. Maybe there's differences based on what level I am as a coach. Um, but give me your suggestion other than subscribing to NJ Hoops, which you should be doing anyway. Uh, how would you say I should I should really start to navigate the state as a recruiter? Well, like, like everybody spoke about already, this year's a different. I mean, most years – you know, if you want to just go to see Jersey, you can go to, you know, one of Jimmy's tournaments during the season. You go to a hoop group tip-off where you could see one weekend where you could see 10 or 12 of the best teams in the state, meet a few of the coaches, get a handle on, on the lay of the land a little bit. This year is going to be a little harder for everybody. Uh, like I said earlier, they could contact one of us. Uh, you know, they could, you know, uh, go to online, look at some videos of kids. Uh, it's harder this year. You really have to, you know, and everybody's got lists now online, rivals, whoever, 24-7. You know, you go to the list and you, you see who's the best player, who has the kind of game just by reading about them that you might want to like. You might like to see in your program, contact the coach, work it that way. I mean, college coaches can work their way into, you know, into any kid they want to get information on. They know how to do that. No doubt. And, again, we, we want to invite – kids to, to feel free to drop their highlight tapes and we'll retweet and share uh, because it is a unique time. Um, Taj, did you have anything to add to that? Yeah. I mean, I would say the first thing, and obviously Jay is very humble, is to call Jay, right? Like if you want to know anything about New Jersey hoops, you literally call the guy who runs the site called New Jersey hoops, right? 
And then the next thing you do is you call a guy like Jimmy because Jimmy always puts on incredible tournaments or incredible showcases. And Jimmy, what teams are good this year, right? Jimmy will tell you every team that's good, you know, and every team that may have a guy here or there because he's just that plugged in, right? And then you go and call a guy like Matt or myself and you call the guys at Hoop Group, right? You call a Mike Rice. You call anybody who's working at Hoop Group and say, like, what well, this is what I'm looking for. Let me know. And those guys are all knowledgeable um, and, and understand – what you're what you're asking for and also you got to understand they're not going to they're sell you a, a you know a magic pill and say this kid is good when he's not good enough to play at that level i think all of us have gotten to a point where we're going to be as honest as possible with coaches so that they come back to our gyms and um but the, the starting point is you got to call a guy like jay you got to call a guy like jimmy you got to call a guy like mike rice because they're plugged in um, to the whole scene and not just whatever it is that their team is doing in, in regards to Jay or, or Mike, you know, Mike with Team Rio. Um, but they see a thousand kids a week and they can give you their honest opinion. Jimmy's been doing this long enough now. Jay's been doing this long enough now that they know what every kid is going to be able to provide at that next level for any coach. Absolutely. I think that's that's so important that, you know, the, the basketball ecosystem of New Jersey understands a level. Um, because you guys have competed as a state at the highest level, the highest level teams come into your state. The highest level players also come into your state, whether it be for camp, whether it be for AAU, whether it be for high school. So you guys um, always get a chance to also get a measuring stick. Um, and and for that reason, you, you guys know it's not a, a guessing game. And I think that's something that will help um, separate just in terms of the, the, the information that comes in. And just to, to be honest, New Jersey, you guys always keep it real. There's there's not a whole lot of uh, sugarcoating and bullshit going on in New Jersey. It's like you, you guys tell it how it is, which is uh, a plus. Uh, love that. I love that. Uh, we're wrapping up uh, here. We're getting towards the very end of the show. Uh, we're now entering the fast break segment, um, which is, uh, you know, sponsored by no one. If anybody wants to jump in and sponsor, please feel free. Uh, we can add you to my high tech uh, banner here at the bottom. Um, we're going to, we're going to go around the room. Uh, the, the rules are simple, but everyone breaks them. So please try not to break them. The The rules are, I'm going to ask a question. I will call on someone. You get a couple seconds to answer, cannot use someone else's answer. So we have to have a variance of answers. Uh, don't get too political on me and, and tell me you can't answer a question. Uh, but we do want to play nice here. So we're going to start. I'm going to start with you, Jimmy. First question, best high school player ever from the state of New Jersey. Tim Thomas. Amen. I I, I expected that answer. Jay. Uh, Dewan Wagner. Ooh, really good name. Taj. Um, since they took my top two answers and I'm a Jersey guy, I'm going to have to go with Taj Holden. Taj Holden is a pretty good player. Shout out to the National Championship. Uh, Matty Bloom. I'm going to go Kyle Anderson. Ooh, slow-mo Kyle Anderson. Love his game. He's a he's a baller. Uh, we're going to go reverse order this time. Matt, starting with you, who's the best pro ever from New Jersey? I'm going to keep it T-neck and say David West. David West. Good name. Taj. Uh, does Kyrie count? I, I believe he's from New Jersey. I think he counts. Yeah. All right. Then I'm going with Kyrie. He hung a good cold 42 on my AAU team uh, takeover yeah. back in the day. We may or may not have had six guys on the court. We've never publicly admitted that for the last play. Uh, but, yes, uh, we could not guard him. Uh, Jay. 
I'm going to go old school Hall of Famer Rick Barry. Rick Barry, Hall of Fame name. Jimmy, who you got? Best pro ever out of Jersey. Wow, I'm I'm sitting here. I'm 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 I'm, I'm struggling. Because <laughs> you got a lot. <laughs> really struggling with that one. Um, wow. This I, this ain't a fast break, obviously for me. I, you know, shit. Um, <laughs> we slowed it down. We're gonna set a ball screen for you. Hey, Randy Foy. Randy Foy, good name, good name. Okay, so now now we're going to get a little nitty-gritty here. I'm going to start with uh, you, Jay, and then I'm going to go to Matt, Taj, and then Jimmy again. You're going to be last on this one. Uh, name an assistant coach who's doing a great job, regardless of level, of recruiting the state of New Jersey. Let's give somebody a shout-out, college coach. Uh, I'll go with uh, – he was at St. Bonaventure. I think he's at Quinnipiac now. Uh, Dwayne Lee brought in a bunch of under the radar guys at St. Bonaventure, Kyle Lofton, Justin Winston, and from South Jersey, Osanu Sanuyi, all having very good careers over at St. Bonaventure. They, th- those three dudes uh, are a problem. They're really good players. And yes, hats off to, to Coach Lee and, and St. Bonnie's for always finding those type of guys. Matty Bloom, what you got? I'm going to go with Mike Nardi, a Jersey guy. Obviously, he did a great job with Trey Patterson, but he, he was in the gym a couple – I mean, he's been in the gym. He gets to know your program. He gets to know the 15th guy on the roster. So he, he's done a great job building relationships. That's that's the name of the game when it comes to recruiting. Taj? Uh, I think it props to my, my former rival from back in the day, uh, now at Rutgers, Brandon, Brandon Knight. Great name. Rutgers um, doing, doing great things. Uh, doing a phenomenal job. Got two of the top Jersey guys last year um, on their roster. I'm not going to talk about them because they're, you know, being the Maryland guy, they're my rival. But right. um, but he's done a really good job. I mean, if I can give a, a 1B, it would be Kyle Neptune from Villanova. You know, he recruited my guys and actually landed Brian Antoine. He did a fantastic job. So sorry if I took your uh, – stole your thunder, Jimmy. <laughs> Yeah, and, and again, you, you violated the rules. I said one name, but that's okay. We'll, we'll yeah. let you slide on that, Taj. Jimmy? I was Well, Brandon was my pick. Um, so I'm going to now go, and, and I got a lot of guys who are coaching in college too. Um, but I'm going to say Kamani Young at uh, UConn. That's right. Great. I think he, I think he checks all the boxes. He gets it done. He does get it done. He absolutely does. Shout out to Kamani Great friend of the program. Uh, I'm going to start with you, Jimmy, on this one, since the last two answers you had to be last. Name a college program, a school, university that's doing a good job of recruiting the state of New Jersey. I'm going to say Rutgers. Um, I, I think that that they are enticing guys to, to, to stay home. I think they're doing an excellent job with that. And I was um, – and I've had guys who I've tried to help them get that went elsewhere. And then afterwards, they're like, oh, man, I didn't know that they were going to be this way. Well, you know what? Pykel, I, I love his attitude. He's, he's either help me win or watch me win. And he, he's got a little chip on his shoulder. And that's how Brandon has been his entire life. And that it's transmitting throughout the entire state. Absolutely. I, I recall when I was at Maryland, uh, coaching against them when they first got there. There was not a second out of that 40 minutes that he stopped coaching. And it's no surprise that their that their program has risen to the level that it has. 
Um, so hats off to to everyone over there, including also Coach Hobbs and my man Ben Asher, who used to be my GA. Uh, Matty Bloom, name a college program that does a good job. I'm going to go with St. Bonaventure, and I know they got some Jersey connections, but Trey Woodall does a great job. Sean Neal knows New Jersey, and they take some of the under-the-radar kids and turn them into all-league guys. So it's a nice little destination if you want to go to school and just play basketball. There's not much else to do in Olean. So they, they've done a good job coming into the Garden State and getting a couple under-the-radar solid prospects. They, they absolutely have. They've done a, a tremendous job of that, and there's no question. There's something in the water in Olean that, that helps create and cultivate the players that they bring in. When they output them, they're much improved and impact guys. Jay, give us the name of a college program that does a great job in New Jersey. I'm going to break the rules, and I'm going to go three here, Coach. Okay, but you're going to have to be quick. The last 15 years, I mean, it's been Kentucky, Syracuse, and Villanova. Hey, that that the the numbers would back you up on that. Taj, I actually have five schools, and they named all five of them. So now I got to go out on a limb. Uh, I'd say the guys down in Durham do a pretty good job as well, um, at least historically. Obviously, taking Jay Williams out of out of North Jersey, you got a guy like Kyrie. You know, so they've done some some really good stuff, and they will still go unnamed. I, I was going to say, <laughs> I, I affectionately call them the blue school. Uh, yes. For those that don't know who, who they are, uh, too bad. Taj and I are Terps. We, we can't bring their name up. Um, all right. Last question. Uh, we'll start with uh, Jimmy, Jay, Matt, and Taj. Will New Jersey ever allow us to pump our own gas? They better not. <laughs> Jay? Thankfully, no. Matt? Nope, we only pump our fists. <laughs> I love it. It Taj. I mean, being the shore guy, literally, that's that was my uh, comment. Thanks, Matt. But yeah, no, it's never going to happen. If it does, I, I guess I got to move. <laughs> there you have it. They will pump your guests for you in the state of New Jersey. They will develop great players in the state of New Jersey. They won't steer you wrong. They won't gas up a kid. Uh, pun intended. Didn't know I was going to go there with that. Um, but they won't they won't just gas up a kid and say, hey, this guy is better than the level. They understand level in New Jersey. Thank you so much to uh, my panel. You guys have been tremendous. Uh, make sure you guys like it. Subscribe uh, to this podcast through the tunnel. Make sure you share it with all your friends. That's the way that we're going to get the word out there about New Jersey ballers, specifically in a time like this where, uh, you know, eyeballs have been restricted to come into the gyms. We're, we're helping coaches come through the tunnel and, and really find out about this stuff. Um, thanks again, guys. We are out of here.